Welcome back to New Rockstars. The Avengers will assemble in some crossover crisis on the horizon, but what will it be? Mutants? A battle royale? A scroll search for Nick Fury's shoes? We need answers, but uh, I guess we'll settle for theories. I'm Eric Voss. This is Rogue Theory, the show that brings you the wildest, nerdy hot takes on the topics you can't stop arguing about. With me today is an all-star panel. I'm so excited by our guests today. We got our friend and host of Crick Mundo on El Rey Network and many other things, Hector Navarro. Hello, hello. Hi. Hello, welcome back. And a friend of the show, comedian and writer, Jessica Clemens. Hi. Hi. And we are so thrilled to welcome for the first time on Rogue Theory, first time on New Rockstars, I think. You know him from Schmodown, many, many other great geeky stuff online. He's the host of the All My Movies podcast and YouTube show, which drops every Wednesday. Welcome to New Rockstars, Dan Merle. Hello. It's so much. I'm glad to be here. This is going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. I'm so excited. Uh, we are at an interesting crossroads here at the dawn of Marvel Phase 4 with WandaVision coming soon. In the past, the Avengers have been drawn together by Loki's attack on Earth, by Ultron, by a Civil War event, and of course by uh, Thanos and Infinity War and Endgame, but we know another crossover is coming. See, when uh, Sony and Marvel signed that deal to share um, custody of Tom Holland last year, the specifics of the deal was that it was going to be for two more films at least. So we have Spider-Man 3, which we've been learning so, so much about uh, in recent weeks. Uh, but then there was also another mystery MCU crossover event. And since then, we have gotten some hints that that crossover could go in a few different directions, a multiverse, a House of M kind of thing, maybe a secret invasion kind of thing. There's just a lot of potential crises on the road ahead that could all be Avengers level threats. So I want each of you to pitch me your theories and predictions for that next Avengers level crossover crisis that Marvel is building up to. Hector, why don't you go first? I will gladly go first. I know that New Rockstars is all about that multiversal Spider-Man 3 thing, and I am not on that train, dude. I happen oh. to disagree with that. I think okay. that a Doctor Strange cameo doesn't necessarily mean multiverse. I mean, he showed up in the Thor movie, and he was just doing Doctor Strange stuff. <laughs> That's right. uh, I also think that bringing back Jamie Foxx doesn't necessarily mean we're going to get a multiverse electro popping in from another dimension. I think it's just going to be, hey, we liked Jamie Foxx the first time. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's let him do it again. Uh, similar to J.K. Simmons being J. Jonah Jameson again. And that J. Jonah is not necessarily... And I don't think they're going to reveal that that dude is from another dimension because I feel like that would be a bigger <laughs> news story than him being like, sit down, folks. I'm going to tell you about Spider-Man. He'd be like, it's me, J. Jonah Jameson from another universe, remember? And I'm trying to find my way home. Like, I just I feel that Spider-Man 3 may have to do with some scrolls because of the fact that Spidey's identity was revealed to the public by J. Jonah. I think that the end tease of Spider-Man Far From Home where they revealed that that Nick Fury and Maria Hill were scrolls the whole time wasn't just like, hey, remember scrolls? Yeah, we're setting up Captain Marvel stuff. I feel like they're gonna play into that in Spidey 3, that that might be the way that Peter can somehow prove that he's not Spider-Man by having a scroll help him out and shapeshift and be like, look, I'm Peter Parker yeah. and there's Spider-Man, that kind of a thing that happens all the time in comic books when like, you know, Superman asks Batman, or Batman asks Superman to dress up as Batman and Bruce Wayne's like, look, there's Batman. I'm not Batman. There he is yeah, right there. Yeah, see, if he's over there, I can't also be here. Yeah. <laughs> it happens all the time, but I think yeah. eventually that will lead to, I feel like the geniuses over at Marvel are not going to let this marketing opportunity slip through their fingers. It's secret invasion all the way because there's mm. no better marketing thing 
in comics of the past 20 years, then who do you trust? Secret Invasion. And that's what the comic books were leaning into. Yeah. Who do you trust? Who do you trust? And the fans were speculating, who's a scroll? Oh my gosh, oh my God, I can't, I can't wait to see, read this comic and figure out who, what, the, what they're gonna reveal. I think they're gonna do that in the movies. The same way that Civil War, Captain America Civil War was like, whose side are you on? That's lifted straight from Marvel Comics in 2006. That's just already marketing that they know is gonna be catchy and, and you know, grabbable. So I believe that the next time we see the Avengers, in an Avengers movie or something other is going to be a big, whoa, everybody let's get together because there have been scrolls this whole time. Are they good? Mm. Are they bad? Who's been a scroll? Which of us have been a scroll? Michael Douglas is a scroll? Oh my gosh. Like, this, <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing is gonna be something that I think is, is, is too tempting for them not to play with. So to sum up, secret invasion, leaning into the scroll shape-shifting. That's, uh, that's an interesting take. And uh, kudos to you, Hector, for kind of unblowing our minds and then re-blowing it in another way. Because, yeah, you are right. Here at New Rockstars, we're like, uh, the moment we see a character from a different, in our mind, cinematic universe crossing over, we're just going to jump to that conclusion. It's good it's work, the, and I appreciate it. It's very good work, and I appreciate it. I just happen to think it may be a little too far sometimes, Eric. You know what you're doing, Eric. You know what you're it's doing. It's fair. It's a fair point, and it's, it's a bold, brave point. You're coming coming in here and you're you're pointing out you, you know what we're we're already seeing through walls but there are walls there and we should acknowledge them and i will say coming out of spider-man far from home if you were to ask me what the next step was i'm gonna be like yeah a secret invasion is happening the fact that like you're just revealing nick fury to be a scroll that's uh, the last mcu movie we saw that seemed to be what it was it was setting up and you know what the fury series happening on disney plus yeah I, I could absolutely see that being the case so excellent excellent theory hector i absolutely think Secret Invasion is on the horizon and for that you're gonna get three points man great <laughs> and just writing it down uh, okay that is uh, a turkey great okay all right um Jessica it is your turn I want to hear from you what do you think the big uh Avengers level crisis crossover that they're building mm -hmm. up to is going to be so I do really like Hector's take I will say that I'll even like Dan's take but I think my take superior, and let me tell you why it's superior. Because I love chaos. I'm a crazy person. We love crazy things. And that's why I think the next Avengers movies we're gonna see is gonna be Secret Wars. Because Secret Wars, Secret Wars would be so much fun. We are see yeah. we're getting to a point. Yeah, I know. We're getting to a point where we can't even keep track of how many MCU characters there are. We are like, oh, we know, but then we also like since San Diego Comic Con, they revealed all these other shows that they're doing with so many more characters and now that we're getting into like Eternals it's like oh, okay now we have more gods to keep track of so I think <laughs> we're getting to a point where it's like okay how can we top that fight that we saw in Endgame? Yes, we had everybody in there, but like we still are learning more about Monica. We haven't even seen Deadpool. We haven't seen like another Doom in a minute. What are we gonna do? And it's like, why don't we get Beyonder in here and just have them all go at it on Battle World? And I know that there was, so I read the 2015 comic issue, um, the comic of uh, oh, yeah, Secret but... World, or sorry, Secret World, I said, Battle World and Secret Wars at the same time. I read the Doom one and I love the Doom one. I think it's really underrated. But then I looked into the 1980s one and I was like, why don't we just combine the two? Because you know how Marvel can't do like 
they can try to align with the comic books, but for continuity, they're like, we have to like do our own little spin on it. So why don't we have like a two-parter or just like a five-hour-long movie where Doom <laughs> becomes the like leader of it all, and then oh, we don't even cool. get Beyonder anymore. Like Beyonder somehow falls to Doom's like over leadership um, because there's. Sorry, I'm going on for so long. I just love Secret no, Wars. I think it's really yeah. fun because we're also being revealed like the in, like internalized how these superheroes feel and how they have to struggle with their own identity while they're on a planet fighting themselves basically so i think we should see doom becoming the leader of everything and them just being like i don't know who to follow and a bunch of chaos ensues and that is phase five of avengers sign me up here's my money for the ticket give me a producer (laughs) credit right now Yeah, remember this. Remember this pitch. For yeah. sure, Jessica. Yeah, you are right. And the Russos have even said this, that like the only crossover moment they could conceive that would top Endgame would be something like Secret Wars. And like, yeah, it is kind of like a, a childish notion in a great way of like, what do we all love about these characters? What if we could just throw them all in a toy box and have our action yeah. figures fight each other and they would normally <gasps> never hang out? That's what Battle World is and that's Basically. why it's so great. But like your, your twist to have Doom be the mastermind of it. I think it's great. I mean, nothing against the Beyonder. I just thought he was more interesting when he was like a voice from the cosmos as opposed to mm. what he was later revealed to be, which is like, if I remember correctly, an 80s like white jacket yeah. cool guy. You know, like that was kind of, it could be fun if you would imagine like James Gunn or, or, or Taika Waititi, um, their spin on that. But ultimately, I could imagine Doom being like the mastermind pulling the strings mm-hmm. of all these people to to work themselves against each other in some kind of multiversal way. Yeah. I, I love that idea. So, Jessica, I'm going to award you the same number of points I gave Hector. Three points for that theory. These are two pens. I'm excited. (laughs) This is me clapping because John told me not to be so loud on camera. (laughs) All right, Dan, it's your turn. What do you think is going to be this big crossover event that uh, they're all working toward? I was not aware there were points on the line until just now, so I'm going to be much more competitive if you know me. But here's what I'll say. This this, This may be more of a theory than a prediction. But we're talking about Spider-Man here, really. We're rooted Mm -hmm. in Spider-Man. That's what everybody's talking about. What defines Spider-Man? Science, right? And being haunted by people that he has failed to protect in the past. These are two definitive things about Spider-Man. Where do science and ghosts merge? Marvel zombies. That's where science and ghosts come together. The ultimate failure of science. Uh, the dead literally rising from the grave. Uh, but it's not just a joke because we're, 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 we're talking about this multiverse. Infinite possibilities. Infinite pot. You can go anywhere. So we see Peter thrown into this chaos where, uh, first of all, you can bring back anybody. Anybody, you could bring you could bring back Robert Downey Jr. if you wanted to. You could bring back you could bring back Chris Evans, and they don't have to worry about signing a multi-film contract or what because because sure. you're off in your little pocket universe. But mm-hmm. you can bring back all the ghosts from Peter's past to haunt him that you want. It's different. We have the, we have the roots and we have so many people with roots in horror that are part of the cinematic mm-hmm. Marvel Cinematic Universe or have been you know, James Gunn and Scott Derrickson, and you have Doctor Strange. Perhaps this can continue on. We're going into this multiverse of madness 
madness, zombies are madness. I've never heard of anything. What's more mad than a world full of zombies? I think you, you have the potential to kind of start this with Peter and then roll this out over, you know, I don't think it's going to be like an infinity saga number of movies, but two or three movies, um, kind of this little mini horror arc, and you need to keep things fresh. You got to keep things fresh in the MCU, and they haven't really leaned into the horror direction too much. And actually, my favorite part of Spider-Man Far From Home was that kind of horror-esque segment with Mysterio where, like, Peter's being haunted by nightmares. Like, that was so cool. That was so awesome. So I think you throw him into this weird alternate universe. You can bring back whoever you want. And... As a bonus, if they so desire, if you're going back to Marvel Zombies, some key figures in that whole event, the Fantastic Four. Maybe like Freddy Krueger, you pull them back from whatever (laughs) alternate dimension that you've gone to, and now you have uh, your Fantastic Four in your Marvel Universe. I I totally agree, man. I think the MCU is ready for Marvel zombies. And like, if you were to ask me like five years ago, I'd be like, nah, it's too, it's too different. But you're totally right. After that sequence in Far From Home, that was like one of my favorite sequences I remember seeing in a theater. Like to me, that was like as enjoyable to watch as anything in Endgame. Just like, whoa, there, I, I've never seen the Marvel Cinematic Universe do this kind of imagery before. The spider crawling out of the Iron Man helmet as it claws out of the grave. Like to me, I don't know if that was an intentional set up of a, of a Marvel Zombies thing, but like it should be because that I, I do want to live in that movie and just see where that goes of a, not just an illusion, but like I want to see what happens where Peter's being terrified. And yeah, maybe that's what they were going with by having Sam Raimi come direct the next uh, uh, Doctor Strange movie, right? Like maybe. that guy has plenty of experience with, uh, you know, reanimated corpses coming back from the grave, whether it's Evil Dead or Drag Me to Hell or whatever it is, you know? So yeah, uh, for that, I'm going to, um, you know, I, I was equally smart mitten with all three theories so you're getting uh the power of three by three uh you're getting another three points i'll take them these points (laughs) what game is this what is this game? What this is, is this madness? What is this multiverse of madness? We I'm found ourselves in. Uh, guys, all three of these theories were were fantastic. I mean, I I'm kind of torn between which one I want to see first. I hope that we see them all at some point because here's the deal: every time we come here on Rogue Theory, we always mention like, is this uh, theory too rogue or is this too much a uh, fan service? It's like, look, all these studios. You know, Kevin Feige's like, I don't know how long fans are going to be into superhero movies. We're gonna take like the big crossover titles that we can and work them into a movie in the next decade some way or another why wait you know why do you wait? think before writing the scripts that they go on the like well they probably do they go online and look at fan theories and they're just like oh, oh that's sure. a good idea <laughs> yes i assume yes. that they are watching this video yeah. right now we're taking notes and they're then like we'll never know. we're gonna bring iron man back as a zombie and he's gonna shoot his lasers and he's gonna murder everyone if you've ever talked about marvel movies on the internet i believe that Disney owes you $5 million. Yes. (laughs) Guys, we're going to get a class action lawsuit started. We're going to get our money. We're going to get paid. And then, uh, yeah, (laughs) that's that's how the world works. uh, I'm sure Kevin Feige's watching right now. I'm sure New Rockstars is probably a very heavily visited YouTube page that Kevin Feige visits. So hi, Kevin. Just want to say hi. Hi, Hi, Kevo. Please greenlight Nova. Please give us a Latino superhero. Thanks. Love you. Thanks. Adopt me. Adopt me so I can write a story for you. <laughs> it won't be good, but I'm I'm there. I'm all right. Come on, think about it. All right, uh, we're gonna move on to some theories about uh, 
uh, The Mandalorian Season 2, which is imminent. But before we do, we want to thank some friends who helped us make this episode. First, our friends at Manscaped. Listen up, fellas, because today we have a new Manscaped product alert. Uh, Manscaped just released the uh, Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. It is time to keep your nose and ear hair looking as the other clean-shaven parts of your body do. And feeling fresh, so fresh and so clean and so smooth and so beautiful. Um, I have already opened this, but it resealed, which is scaring me because <laughs> it's like, how did it reseal? That's it's a special sentient. feature. That's it's, that's just, yeah. it seals itself that, it to seals keep itself up. clean and fresh. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this is what it looks like. It's just a simple, unassuming thing that can just sneak on up into your orifices and you never knew it was there. Uh-oh, a phrasing. I, uh, look, I love John Carpenter's The Thing. It's one of my favorite movies. I'm watching it right now. It's Halloween season. I thought Wilford Brimley was great in that movie, but my dude could have used some help in the nose hair department. And other people agree. Actually, 79% of partners polled said that long nose hair is a major turnoff. It didn't, it didn't spoil Wilford Brimley for me. Uh, <laughs> I, I contract diabetes any day of the week to spend a night with him. That's how it passes, right? Uh, I'm not going to pull those bad boys out of my nose by hand. Life is painful enough already. Manscaped is here to save you. It's forever changing the grooming game with their weed whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology which helps prevent nicks snags and tugs in those delicate nostrils that's gross that i'm doing this on camera but i'm just demonstrating hey, you shouldn't feel bad about it it feels actually real good the manscaped weed whacker uses a 9000 rpm 360 degree rotary dual blade system with a contour designed to enhance the trimming experience it's waterproof so it's easy to use and clean and it has a rechargeable battery that lasts up to 90 minutes in case you know you have a giant nose and a lot of hair in it it's time to upgrade your manscaped routine with the weed whacker Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ROGUETHEORY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code ROGUETHEORY. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds, my friends. Go whack <sighs> your weeds. Whack your weeds. Go whack, whack your weeds. those weeds. weeds. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the gardener's version of home makeover. Yeah, it comes um, with your own audience. <laughs> yeah. All right. We also want to thank our friends at ExpressVPN. I recently watched that movie, The Social Dilemma, on Netflix. So you guys see that documentary? Yo-oh. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, well, we learn in this movie, Tech Insiders explain to you how social media is basically engineered to exploit users' data for profit. They call it surveillance capitalism. I don't want my data being harvested so tech billionaires can get even richer and richer. I get nothing out of it. That's why I put a layer of protection around my data with ExpressVPN. Every time you use the internet, big tech companies mine your data by tracking your searches, messages, video history. But when you run ExpressVPN on your device it hides your ip address which websites can use to personally identify you this vpn makes your activity more difficult to trace and sell to advertisers now you still got to be careful with what you share on social media of course but expressvpn can make your web browsing more anonymous expressvpn also encrypts 100 of your internet data to keep you safe from hackers and all kinds of prying eyes many vpns slow down your internet but expressvpn nah it is incredibly fast and easy to use just tap one button you are protected <coughs> I don't want to gross you out, but I think a, a nose hair just went. <laughs> oh my god, this is awful. Um, I'm going to be coughing up hairballs halfway through this episode. 
So if you don't like the idea of tech companies exploiting your personal information, then visit expressvpn.com slash rogue right now and you can get three extra months of ExpressVPN for free. That is expressvpn.com slash rogue to protect your data. Go to expressvpn.com slash rogue to learn more. And uh, before we continue, quick shout out to our patron, Saucy Bobby, who won this week's Discord Rogue Theory with an awesome pitch for how Miles Morales could show up in the MCU as a classmate and a love interest of Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye Disney Plus series that I think is still happening someday. To pitch your own MCU teen romance, become a patron by going to patreon.com slash new rockstars. So uh, let's move on to our second topic, Ahsoka Tano, who did not show up in the recent Mandalorian trailer, but will probably show up at some point this season of the Mandalorian season two. We got what might turn out to be the final trailer ahead of its October 30th debut during Monday Night Football this week. And yeah, while we got more of that hot, hot grief carga action we all love one announced character of season two has been conspicuously absent from any other trailers our beloved clone wars and rebels rebel ahsoka tano uh of course gonna be played by rosario dawson how do you guys think ahsoka tano is going to join this show from where we last saw her in rebels and i guess in the prequel series the clone wars and what do you think she's going to want from baby yoda in season two and uh dan why don't we start with you this time well i think what I hope is, is going to happen is that what I loved about Mandalorian season one was that there was a there was a light overarching storyline, but each episode was also kind of its own adventure. Yeah, uh, there, there, there you had a, you had a, you, you open and closed a loop in just about every single episode, and so I know that fans are clamoring for Ahsoka Tano; they they want her. I, I don't necessarily think she should be in every episode or maybe even several episodes i think she's a character that could come in and out of the show but i think as as mando and the child slash baby yoda it's like mean girls stop trying to make the child happen the child is not happening baby yoda are flying around the galaxy i like the i like the name the child but everyone's everyone says baby yeah but they they're always in they're always in some scrapes they always need some help and as we've seen the child has shown some obvious force abilities uh some major force actions going on. Ahsoka Tano is going to pick that up. She is a force user. There's not a whole lot of them out in the galaxy. So I think that they are going to be in a situation where they need some help. Perhaps the child is at a very critical point. Perhaps Mando isn't really sure what to do at this point because he doesn't understand these powers. He, he certainly has heard of them, but he doesn't understand them. I'd love to see Ahsoka Tano come in, be kind of a mentor role, a, a bit of a co-badass uh, with, uh, with the Mandalorian. And I think her overarching structure and where I think you, you could start drawing some lines to other parts in the Star Wars universe, I think the reason that she's out in the galaxy is that she herself is embarking upon the journey that Luke Skywalker would later oh. uh, would later uh, it, it take part in himself, uh, where you know she's had a, a bit of a rocky road with the Jedi Order. She obviously saw the fall of the Jedi. Her mentor was the was the biggest, even though he was redeemed, uh, the scourge of the galaxy. So she's going to have some very difficult feelings towards the Force. Perhaps go back to the origins of the Force. So I believe that she will be in search of the first Jedi Temple, much like Luke Skywalker was uh, when we opened the Force Awakens. And I will go even further to say that we are going to solve a mystery from The Force Awakens that, uh, like the other mysteries, were all dropped in the subsequent movies, uh, that the grave that we see Luke Skywalker standing in front of 
in The Force Awakens when Rey arrives on Act 2 or Act 2 or however you pronounce it <laughs> is Ahsoka Tano's because she Whoa. was there when Luke arrived yeah. and they perhaps spin off potential perhaps they spent some time together uh, learning the ways of the Force. Man, Dan, that is an awesome theory. I love that idea because yeah, we've never seen these two characters together but obviously their destinies are uh, you know connected at least. Like we had that closing shot of the clone Wars where Vader was at what he might have thought was her grave, or at least the grave of her clone troopers, uh, looks up, sees the bird, uh, and it's this uh, powerful moment. To go back and connect that to Vader's son would be freaking dope. I would love to see that. That's such a cool idea. Uh, so for, that, would, that would rhyme. Yeah. Like poetry. Yeah, you know? like poetry. <laughs> it all rhymes. Yeah. Uh, Jar Jar is the key to all of it, you know? <laughs> that would be beautiful. Beautiful poetry for that poetry for ending uh, that couplet. Rhyming, my friend, you are going to get a four Four points. Damn. No one's ever gotten four points. No one's ever gotten four <laughs> points. All right, uh, Jessica, let's see if you can top it. What is your theory for Ahsoka Tano in Mandalorian season two? You were like, Dan, I love that. Then you're going to remind me, be like, Jessica, get out. <laughs> see yourself out. Now, I'll start by saying, which you can edit out, I like Star Wars. <laughs> I'm a fan of Why Star Wars. Why would we edit Wars. that out? <laughs> <laughs> I like the Star Warses. I love the space fights. Um, <laughs> who doesn't? Um, I will say, I, 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 it doesn't stick to me. I'm not like a sponge with Star Wars like I am with Marvel and DC and like Harry Potter and other weird <laughs> Twilight, uh, other weird nerdy realms. So I called my mom about this because my mom likes Star Wars because she watches it with my nephew all the time. And uh, after she scolded me for not really watching the Rebels, she was helping me figure out that like, what I ultimately think that Sabine and her are doing in the Mandalorian 2 are looking for the dark saber. So sure. we don't, we always know is that Moff Gideon has it. We don't know what happened Correct me if I'm wrong. I like them on Rogue Theory. Like, someone tell me if I'm right. <laughs> we don't know what really happened after Darth Maul had it, correct? Well, just to give us some timeline, there's yeah. some huge gaps in the timeline, right? Like, Maul mm -hmm. did have it. Uh, he was defeated in this final season of Clone Wars. And then chronologically, Bo-Katan has it at the end of Rebels. But we don't know what happened at that point until yeah. Moff Gideon has it. Yeah. My mom also suggested, this is a, if I get points, this is going to my mom. My mom suggested that Ma <laughs> that Moff Gideon killed Katan and then took the sword Maybe. and then that's what she thinks and then we were like oh okay so that would make sense why we see later on Rosaria Dawson in Mandalorian 2 I think that I don't think she the goal is like I think she's also just gonna be in like an episode I think she's gonna have like a okay. big episode um, I don't think she's gonna be the main cast member or like the main like she's gonna align and stay there forever I also think that they unintentionally will cross paths and that's when they're like I agree with Dan where they're gonna be like oh can you help teach this kid because I don't know this child um, because I don't know how and so I think that she gets together with Sabine and while she's looking for the Darksaber with the Force Sabine's there to also ultimately get the Darksaber back from Moff Gideon and I think she's because like we last time we saw her was with the Inquisitors just killing everyone so I still think she's trying to ultimately keep that bad power out of bad hands which Moff Gideon obviously is not a good person <laughs> so I think that she's just looking for the Darksaber 
and that's why we got that little end piece and that's what's gonna happen and we're only gonna see it for an episode uh i think that's totally uh, spot on like you wouldn't have had to proceed your theory with you not knowing too much about rebels because you you sound pretty expertise uh kudos to your mom for, for helping you out with that but i think the dark saber is uh anyone who walked out of that closing shot of mandalorian season one might have seen some kind of connection oh well with rosario dawson coming in she's uh you know one of the few ex-jedi yeah. exist in this universe we might see some kind of lightsaber action with her and and moff gideon who i don't think is a jedi might be someone who's just like obsessed with uh, jedi relics or things like that yeah. but yeah i absolutely could see that as a as a plausible theory um jessica Thanks. for that i'm gonna give you uh three points oh my god my mom she's gonna be so happy also <laughs> sidebar really quick is it confirmed that sasha banks is actually playing sabine or we just know that she's in it we know that Sasha Banks is in it. Um, okay. Just we saw her face in the trailer. We don't know if she's playing Sabine okay. yet. Yeah. I, think, know, I think she has is. it even been confirmed that Rosario Dawson is playing Ahsoka? I thought it was, was. that even confirmed? I don't think it's, it's confirmed. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Star Wars, Lucasfilm, they're not going to outright confirm anything yet, but by the, the sources we trust, the trades mm. seem to be pretty convinced yeah. that's who she's playing. Or right. I read about it, it also said that she accidentally, like, leaked it herself on, like, Instagram mm. and deleted oh, the sure. post. So I, it might that's, be true. Also, that's the she most was, verified source I could find is uh, the actor's social is media. accidentally yeah. outing yeah. herself. Um, yeah. I love Rosaria Dawson also, so it's yeah. like, whatever she wants to do, I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. All right, uh, Hector, it's your turn. How do you think Ahsoka's going to uh, join this Mandalorian show? First of all, I'm going to agree with everybody else and say she's only going to be in one episode. All right, we got that out of the way. She's only in <laughs> one episode. That's the way to do it. Don't make the whole show about her. It's about baby Yoda. Secondly, the end of season one, we had a character death, and it was pretty epic. It was in the last episode, which was directed by Taika Waititi, Taika's character that he played himself, mm -hmm. IG-11, mm -hmm. who we only like re-fell in love with in the last episode or two because they reintroduced him and they're like, now he's a nanny, now he will take care of the baby. And we're like, aww, because he was only in the first episode and then he died. I think a lot of that love of that character comes from just our residual love of Taika Waititi himself. It's not necessarily yeah. a beloved <laughs> character, but when he, I know when he exploded, I was like, Taika, like, I didn't care about IG-11, <laughs> but it was, a great, it was a great epic moment. How do you top that i'm going hard left i'm going rogue baby all right i'm getting mean with this you know who works on mandalorian dave filoni you know what other show he worked on the clone war show that created the character of ahsoka tano you know what i think i think creators love to create a character and kill the character i think we're getting the end of ahsoka tano's life on this plane and then she'll become a force ghost i think she's going to end up in the last episode I think she's gonna show up when Mando has finally gotten to a point where he's like, I need to find a Jedi or an ex-Jedi or somebody who can tell me where I can take this child, where I can take this baby, Yoda. And she'll show up and she's like, yeah, I can help you. But there's gonna be this big epic sacrificial moment. She's gonna go out and it's gonna make us all cry and it's gonna be crazy. And then afterwards, she's gonna be able to force ghost contact Yoda and Yoda will be like, we're getting a Yoda cameo. And he will be like, oh, a baby. And then he'll provide the information that Manda will be like, cool, we'll see you in season three. And then we'll go from there. But I think that Dave Filoni and the gang are gonna to be too tempted to give an epic death 
to a beloved Star Wars franchise character, which we have seen so many epic deaths and so many beautiful moments and so many beginnings and endings to so many great characters. Why not give a great storyline behind the reasoning for why an elderly Ahsoka Tano wasn't in the sequel movies? Why she doesn't show up and help Rey? Why she, you know, the Star Wars timeline loves to do that. It loves to explain why character, why why wasn't Diego Luna in A New Hope? They all died at the end of Rogue One. So I think we're going to get a similar kind of an epic send-off for the character. That's what I think. Yeah, and you know, <coughs> oh my God, I'm so choked up. <coughs> With my own nose there. Yeah, Hector, you bring up a good point because there is some debate about Ahsoka Tano. She did show up as like a Force Ghost voice during that Ghosts of Jedi past in, in The Rise of Skywalker, which it was the, I think it was the animated series voice because this is before Rosario Dawson was uh, rumored or announced. But like a lot of people were saying was like, oh, if she's a Force Ghost, does that mean she is now dead in the future? Uh, and then Dave Filoni kind of went back and forth on it. So we're not really sure what her fate is. This would be an awesome way to explain how she uh, got to to her astral form. Look, I wouldn't be too bummed to see uh, Ahsoka die just because we saw her whole life story yeah. in the Clone Wars. We don't need an entire other series where we continue to follow this character again and again for years and years. So if they did kill her off, I wouldn't be too bummed, especially it's, if they did in a really cool way. It's not something that I think back in the day, years ago, if you had killed off a prominent female character in a big franchise with visibility like this, people would understandably be like, hey, that sucks. Don't do that. There's not enough female. But the good news is, is that since 2015, Star Wars as a brand has kind of become more diverse. There's definitely more female characters other than Princess Leia, which is right. great. Uh, there's a bunch of, you know, characters that represent all types of different people and fans of Star Wars. And the cool thing is, is that, again, even since 2015, with sort of restructuring everything, they've really embraced what happened before with the expanded universe and the novels and comics and everything. Disney took that idea and was like, that stuff got so wackadoo crazy. We love that idea. Let's still publish that stuff and fans can still read it. But let's really embrace that. Meaning, if we have a novel come out, it's canon. A comic book that comes out, it's canon. And you can still tell those kinds of stories with Ahsoka. You can have books. So she's, yeah. already, she's already been the star of books. You yeah. know, she's she, she can appear in comic books. So just because a character dies on screen doesn't necessarily mean you can't go back and look, Diego Luna's getting a Disney Plus show. Yeah. Like Kenobi's getting a story. Exactly. You know? like, They're yeah, all he got super a dead. And series and another series. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So, yeah. Can I endorse Hector's just yes. because I want to know more about Yoda's reaction when they contacted him? I don't know nothing. Me, it was not. Not mistake there must be. No. <laughs> Didn't tell me Yaddle did. Oh. <laughs> what? That's right. Yaddle, baby. Episode one. Phantom Menace. Ever heard of it? Yaddle. Yeah, Yaddle, yeah, yeah. baby. female Yoda. Yeah. yeah, she didn't come back in Attack of the Clones. It's because it was like a Peggy Olsen storyline. She just went off somewhere. That's what they do in the Jedi Order. It's it's a weird, weird system. Weird system. Well, uh, Hector, you're going to get three points for your theory. I love your theory. Yes. All right, uh, it's still pretty even though. I believe it's 766, but we're gonna see where we're at at the end of our rogue question. We just got one question this week. Uh, our man Liam Neeson was number one at the box office over the weekend. If the box office still even counts. What office? Yeah, sure, it does. It does. There's an office somewhere. Where? Uh, full of boxes. Uh, it's in a box within another box within another box. So oh, you gotta got find. It. You gotta find it. But his movie is called An Honest Thief, and it, and it was reigning champion at the box office. So uh, in honor of our geriatric Irish action hero, who just gets stronger and stronger as he ages, I would like each of you to give me what your very particular set of skills speech might sound like. If 
if you had to give it to someone in 2020. Mm. Anybody can go first. I'll do it. <laughs> sure. I'll go for it. it. I'm going to try to do my best Liam Neeson, which means it's going to be terrible. Okay. Uh, but this is very much centered on my life for the last seven months, seven years. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, you have to imagine I'm on the phone with somebody. <clears throat> I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. I don't know what day it is. I don't know if I'm wearing pants. But if you're looking for toilet paper, I can tell you I don't have any. Or paper towels. It's very messy here. What I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that I've acquired since around March 7th. Skills that were useless until this year. If you leave my Instacart order on the door and leave now, that'll be the end of it. But if you ring the doorbell, I will make eye contact. I will make awkward small talk. I will do that awkward elbow handshake thing. And I will make it awkward. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I got chills. Ooh. I can go next. Also, I feel like next time, always, whoever goes first should always just get an extra point for going first because I definitely, <laughs> oh, yeah. I avoid Bonus it. Point. I'm like, oh, well, someone else go first. I'm not going to do an Liam Neeson voice because I cannot, but. Oh, I can't either, but I, I you're, you're, you're probably good. making the better choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Um, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If it's money. I can tell you that I'm unemployed because it's 2020 and we all have lost our jobs. If you want hand sanitizer, we don't have any. We've been making it our own. You can try bleach like our president said to, but I, I wouldn't. You're probably sitting there and you're wondering, what kind of world are you living in? And I'll tell you that it's America 2020 and I am lost. My car is just broken because I haven't driven it in months. But honestly, I might have to move back home to my mother's house <laughs> like everybody else. And uh, that's what I tell someone. That's what I, um, I, can you tell that I'm not doing well? <laughs> no, it, well, it's very it, well, we can, we're very worried. And it sounds um, like Liam Neeson has just started to trail off a little bit. He's not that threatening anymore. He's not, he's We are so worried sad. about him. He's, he's truly eating saltine crackers and orange juice every day. <laughs> the most menacing that Liam Neeson was, was 10 seconds before they called cut on that one scene in Taken. And it's been downhill from there. <laughs> that's true. All right, Hector. That last one, Jessica, that was too real. That was too real. Hey, <laughs> I literally place. looked into a mirror and I just talked to myself. <laughs> That's what you get. Okay, listen carefully, because I've got a very particular set of skills. I'm an American citizen. <laughs> I work for the FBI, and here are my set of skills. I can watch every Blu-ray that I own, but not only that, Every special feature, every commentary track, every deleted scene. And not only that, I can read every tie-in comic book and movie novelization. <laughs> this particular set of skills has made me perfectly suited for quarantine because I can make the hours pass as if they were minutes. I can spend the entirety of months going on years going through every season of The Simpsons. I'm only on season five. I've got 26 more to go. <laughs> uh, and why is everyone watching The Simpsons during question? Literally everyone else. Disney Plus has made it too easy to watch yeah. all three decades of The Simpsons. But not oh, yeah, just right. Disney Plus. 
the DVDs because of that one episode, unfortunately, with Michael Jackson. It's not on Disney Plus. It's on the DVD, and I've seen it. Oh, I've done I, it in my marathon. That's how skilled I am at this. <laughs> Liam, Liam, did they take the 9/11 episode off of Disney Plus too? I haven't gotten there yet. I don't know. You the mean season nine? I, don't I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. I uh, will report back when I get there in four months. Also, Liam Neeson, you're problematic for still watching the Michael Jackson episode. I know. I know. I'm problematic for a lot of other reasons, too. (laughs) The very least of watching the Michael Jackson Simpsons episode with Leon Kompowski. Yes, you're right. (laughs) All right. All three calls did take me places. Um, Hector, I'm going to award you one uh, point because, yes, you kept going. We had a follow-up round, and you stayed in character. Very sharp. (laughs) Very good. Uh, But, Dan, I'm also going to award you uh, a point just because you painted a beautiful picture of that doorway communication, the eye contact. I felt it. I was there. Uh, Which makes, Dan, you the winner of this episode of Rogue Theory. Congratulations. I I didn't have I don't have anything prepared. Thank you. That's <laughs> oh, incredible. That's, that's that's totally fine. But that uh, does it for this week's episode. Excellent job. We had some amazing theories both rounds. I'm very excited. Uh, hopefully one of us is right. Hopefully Kevin is watching at home and is going to take one of these and Hi, work Kev. it into the storyline. Thanks, your, Kevin. It's your yeah, daughter. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> um, is Kathleen Kennedy with you? Hi, Kathy. Yeah. Hey, Kathy. <laughs> Kathy and Kevy. KK. Uh, hanging out shout watching out to, New Rockstars. Shout out to Sarah Finn, casting director. Make sure she gets a raise every year. Hi, yeah, Sarah. Yes. Hi. Yeah, the true hero of uh, of the yes. MCU. Absolutely. Sarah Finn. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, thank you to all of our guests. Uh, be sure to uh, follow uh, Dan Merle at All My Movies. Subscribe to that. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, follow Jessica Clemens at all the stuff she's working on. Uh, Jessica, do you have any particular projects you want to shout out? Um... Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just a couple farts. Just a couple farts, a yeah. couple toots. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Hector Navarro, of course, host of Correctamundo. Uh, thank you for coming back on the show, Hector. And for all of you watching, don't forget to subscribe to the Rogue Theory podcast feed. Stay tuned uh, to this YouTube channel for this and other shows. Follow me at EA Voss. Follow new rock stars on social medias. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Thanks. Bye.